Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion Email Edition for August 7th, 2007. I'm Pete Werner, coming to you from Orlando, Florida. And uh, before we get started, just a couple of things. If, first, if you'd like to send us an email, if you have a question or a comment you'd like us to read on the show, you just need to send us an email to podcast at wdwinfo.com, or you can go to our show notes page at podcast.wdwinfo.com and fill out the request form there. And when you're sending us an email, we, we ask that you uh, try and be as specific as possible about your question. Uh, we do get a lot of general questions like, you know, what would my kid like? What, you know, what could make my honeymoon special? Right. Uh, if, if you can give us, you know, more specifics, help us to kind of hone it in. I'll give you a better answer. Also let us know about you and things like that to help us answer the question better. Exactly. And also, you know, it doesn't just have to be questions if you have opinions on something. Either something we've talked about or something we haven't talked about. Something about Disney you like, something about Disney you don't like. By all means, please let us know. And if we read your email on our show, we'll send you a Diz Unplugged t-shirt. And then at the end of the month, we take all of the uh, people whose emails we read on the show, and we select one winner at random who gets a chance to pick from one of 30 different prizes that we have. And we give those out uh, the last Tuesday of every month. So, Before we get started, did anybody see the man who posted his picture on the website? He wore his Diz Unplugged t-shirt to Div- uh, Tivoli oh, in Tivoli Copenhagen. Gardens, yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought I that was that. kind of cool. That was great. That was great. Mm, I missed that one. Yeah, I would like to. Um, I actually would like to see our, our listeners post more of their pictures, like you know, of themselves. Yeah, they've and, asked to see us. Yeah, dude, see yeah, us all the time. Let's look Come on, let's see you what guys. You Listen guys, to us. What do you guys look like? You know? <laughs> pictures of you wearing your podcast T-shirt somewhere—that'd be cool. Yeah, but I think it's kind of neat. That's a, a real Disney reference. This is what Walt Disney based Disneyland on. In a large part, is the Tivoli Gardens in Copenhagen, right? All right, we're going to get started with our emails for this week. Who would like to go first? I will. All right, Miss Julie. She's feeling better. <laughs> Mine's not a question. Uh, it's more a little advice for people traveling here to Orlando. It's from Marilee in Farmington, Minnesota. And she has a hint for finding your luggage at the airport. She writes, all my luggage is the normal black kind, which everyone has. But since I took yellow material paint and a dog paw print stamp to all the pieces, I can spot them a mile away. I also added a lime green Mickey head to all my black pieces and will add an orange Mickey head soon. You could use any color or foam stamp shape to decorate your luggage for your own tastes and never again wonder if that piece of luggage on the airport baggage turntable is yours. It also keeps other people from taking yours by mistake. I thought that was a nice piece of advice. That's good advice. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Even for, if you're not just traveling to Orlando, anywhere. Anywhere at all. Yeah, because that's the, cause I'm the same way. My, my bag is pretty, uh, pretty generic. And what's funny is it used to be, okay, well, tie something on the handle, put it some ribbon or something. Well, could come off, but everybody does it. Yep. So yeah. every piece of luggage that comes off looks the same. Yeah. Now, so. Nobody's going to take your luggage if you have Mickey heads all over it. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. I do, too. So thanks for that. Thank you very much. Who would like to go next? I'll go. I'll, I have an email from uh, Christine Uriah. She's from Toronto, Ontario. She'll be visiting September the 4th. Um, she'll be taking her five-year-old daughter with her. She was doing some research, and she came across the pal Mickey. She said he sounds really great. She was wondering if he's worth the $65. Um, no. Also, no. <laughs> also does work. he work in um, other parks or just the Magic Kingdom? Well, there seems to be a love-hate relationship with pal Mickey. Some people love him. Some people hate him, mainly carrying him around. That's the uh, person that hates him. That's the person that hates him. But, you know, he does You know, he does offer tips as you walk around the park and things like that, uh, show times. He's also uh, virtually impossible to hear. 
um, you can't over understand the general them. over the general noise in any of the theme parks. And unless you're going to walk around with this thing held up to your ear, which you see, you see everybody you do doing people, it walking, which around is here. just crazy. You look like you're in an art museum when you do that. You know, yeah. <laughs> he does. He does work in all four theme parks. Um, also, I understand that he pro- he also goes off if you're near the theme park. So some people said they've been driving around property, and he'll go off and talk about like. The Tower of Terror as you drive past. He also it. he also comes to, to life at night and tries to <laughs> murder your family. <laughs> oh, no. But the, the person, bride of Mickey. Yeah, the person that carries him around, it's a, just a big pain. You can't leave it on the on a, a um, stroller. If you leave it on a stroller, it's gone. It's going to go away. Somebody's going to take it. What cracks me up is they give you that clip for your belt buckle. Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> people work. People are like leaning down, <laughs> their ears against their thighs, trying to listen to. And he also We've gives you tips them. on where to like watch the parade, but. Chances are he's telling everybody else yeah. with the pound yeah, making right. the same thing. You also have to understand that any official tips that come out of Disney are pretty much bull. You know, <laughs> right. you don't follow any of the of Disney's official tips. They're just driving you where they want the money. Yeah. Go watch the parade in Frontierland or Liberty Square. There. But what I've do you think for, for a, what do you think for a five year old daughter though? A five year old daughter, you think you this know, is I th- something I, that she could I think I think you know any stuffed animal would yeah. thrill a five-year-old five. child, especially it one that talks. It, and well, tells it jokes. Is, but is it worth is it worth seventy dollars for something that you really can't hear when you're going around the park? Also, uh, you're in Disney World. The sensory overload gets to a point it's where true. it's like you know, calm down. Yeah. How much okay. more? How much more interaction do you need? Right. I've been dealing with a five-year-old for the last week, and let me tell you, this pal Mickey, he'll. Uh, Treasure it for about five minutes, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you look back, and Pal Mickey's sitting on the middle of Main Street because <laughs> he's he's oh look, there's a gun over there. Let me oh, have that. There's, 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 there's a candy. Like, there's a Mickey. Yeah. yeah. So you got to keep track of stuff. It's like their attention span isn't. It's a cute. Long. It's a cute novelty. Yeah. It is absolutely not worth the seventy dollars they charge for. And it's a pain in the butt to carry around. And before we move on, Christine also has a second uh, question. She accidentally told her daughter that there was a magic shop at the Magic Kingdom. That is no longer there. No. So you, but there is a magic store on the uh, downtown Disney West Side. Right. If but your daughter's into magic. Says she wants a magic wand. You can find those all over property. Oh, magic wands yeah. are in the uh, the princess import- boutiques and stuff. Yeah. You know? Oh, you can get wands anywhere. Yeah. Right. You so. can get them to spin and light up and sparkle and or pick up a stick. <laughs> Tell her it's a wand. Paint <laughs> the tip white. Yeah, put some, I'm glad you don't have children, John. Put some Elmer's glue, <laughs> glue on the end of the stick and then sprinkle it with pixie dust. I give one of them frozen rats and say, it's a pal, Mickey. <laughs> Mike-sickles. Mike-sickles. Oh. No, rodent All right, I'll go next. Hi, Anthony. Uh, my email is from uh, Nicole and... Nicole doesn't tell me where she's from. That's too bad. Let's just make it up. Pick a spot. Kalamazoo. Uh, Nicole Street. Nicole Street. Uh, (laughs) Nicole Street is her name. She doesn't say where she's from. Nicole says, I'm just writing to comment on Disney's new cancellation policy for the food and wine festival events. As per the Disney reps I spoke with this morning, there is no cancellation policy. I find this very upsetting. Unfortunately, due to this new policy, I'm not making reservations for several food and wine festival events this year, including party for the senses, food and wine pairings, and the signature dinner. Uh, She wants to know what we think of this. Uh, It's a tough (laughs) policy, and I think they're going to catch a lot of flack over it, but I also think... That, you know, they don't want these events 
winding up empty. These are high-profile events that people go right. to. I can understand if you want to put a seven-day advance cancellation policy on this stuff. That makes sense to me. To tell people that you've got to book this now, you've got to pay, in some cases for some of these events, $200 a person. Yeah. And that if something happens before your trip and you can't make it, or something happens while you're here and you can't make it, you're out that money. That is absurd. I don't think Disney would have a problem filling that spot either. You, well, I think that's why this policy exists is because they don't have trouble filling these things. So, they, again, they figure they can charge what they want and set any ridiculous arbitrary rules that they want. Whether or not whether the guests like whether it's guest guest focused or not, Kevin, uh, on a theater ticket, you can give it to Corey and he can go to the theater. On these dining things, they're not transferable. They're not transferable either. Well, it's the same thing with their ticket media. I have the same argument with their ticket media. Once I've purchased that ticket, I believe that ticket is mine to do what I uh, precisely. And here again, if I spent two hundred dollars for an event. And I can't make it. And I say, I want so-and-so to go in my place. Don't tell me, oh, no, we're going to charge you the full amount and we're not going to let you give it to somebody else. Let, let's see what happens with these events. If it's, We control partly on how this plays out. If people decide, hey, I don't want to take a chance of losing $200, maybe these events won't sell out as quickly. And maybe, But if, if everybody buys them up and doesn't take into consideration – the no refund policy, then you know it's we control the fate on it. I think I'm going to step in and play the devil's advocate for a minute here. I think did people who the Disney fanatic fan base are the people who fill these things up. They're the people who are making their advanced dining reservations and making double reservations. And I think too many times in the past that things like this have uh, had, you know, a 48-hour cancellation policy. And all of a sudden, again, these things sound great on paper when you're planning them out five months in advance. However, the day of your event, all of a sudden, you know what? I'm hot. I'm tired. I've spent the day at Blizzard Beach or Animal Kingdom or fill in any of those places that all of a sudden this becomes less important than it was when you were planning it out so long ago. I understand, and I agree with you part of the way, but I think I think they're a little heavy-handed in the fact that you can't transfer them. I can understand them even being non-refundable. Yeah. The problem I have is that they are non-transferable. I sh- again, I've paid for that spot. I should be able to give it to anybody I want to. Right. But well, I do understand them being, being paid in advance and being non-refundable because I have a feeling that people get here and all of a sudden... We hear this all the time. Wow, I didn't realize that I wasn't going to have time to do everything I wanted to do. But strictly non-refundable is extreme. It is. 60 days out, 45 days out. Give someone else a chance to take those if you're not going to take them. Yeah, it's not like they couldn't put together a waiting list for, right. you know, every day of, of the event and say, you know, have that there in case somebody needs to cancel. I mean, there are things they could do. There, this This policy is unnecessary. And let me go back to the transferable thing. The internet has changed so much of what goes on. The the problem that you're going to have is for an event that's very popular, someone's going to buy it at 200 bucks and then put it up on eBay. Take my spot. And then you're going to see an auction occur. So Again, they do that with theater yeah, tickets. Uh, right. you, you have a good point, John. My concern is that, like in the past, I mean, we have candlelight processional uh, dinner packages. 
I'm concerned that they're going to try to do that to those too because I've had to cancel a ticket or two in the past for that, and that had a 48-hour time frame. And, you know, that that concerns me that they may be heading in that direction for all of the ticket items like that. So uh, we'll see. We'll have to see how it plays out. I said this in our last segment. The more people abuse these systems, the more strict Disney's going to be get, be get or the more strict Disney's going to get with them, I believe. Oh, I That's agree. my opinion. I agree. Well, see how that goes over. That see how this one question. goes over. Thank you very much, Kevin. John. I have one from Catherine and she's in Minneapolis. Uh, Catherine says in two thousand and five we purchased seven day Magic Your Way park tickets with five plus visits and no expiration and spun around and lit up and sparkled. <laughs> She's that's the new package, right? Really, she's saying um, she's sure there's that there's some days left and some uh, extras left on them. Is there any way I can find out how many days and how many extras remain on each ticket before I go to Florida? No, absolutely, positively not. Disney has created these tickets. The only way you can find out what's on these tickets is when you show up to the turnstile or guest services. They can scan your ticket and find out what's on them. This is really important if you're going to buy those used tickets. We said it before. I'll say it again. Don't buy used tickets. Do not buy used tickets unless you know the person personally and you can vouch for them. Do not buy used tickets. And you can go back and yell at them when they don't work. Virtually every ticket ripoff I have heard about in the last 10 years almost exclusively has been because of people buying these you know, used tickets. Well, you know, somebody's telling you they've got five days on it. You've got no way to verify they it. All look the same. I think it's a good policy Disney has on this. I mean, it it, it protects Disney and the and ticket the, and well, protects well, us. Well, the reason Disney does it is specifically so that there is no, you know, to to, to limit that market of of right. used ticket resale. Well, again, so, those tickets are supposedly non transferable. So if you use them. The morality police are going to tell you you're breaking Disney rules on top of the chance that you're going yeah. to get ripped off. Well, again, you know, like you said, when especially at the prices they're charging, when I when I paid for it, it's mine. I agree with you. I'm not saying that I don't. I disagree. I'm just right, saying. No, I know. I'm just okay. yeah. So so unfortunately, no no way to find out how many days you have, how many extras you have before you actually get to Walt Disney World. And don't your extras expire anyway? Yes, if you have. Uh, extras always expire from the first day of use, even if you have a no expiration option on them. That only applies to your park admission, not to your not to the extra. Add-ons. Correct. The no ex- the no expiration is just for the actual admission days. Okay, thank you very much, John. I have one here from Joe in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Hi, everyone. My family and I will be traveling to Florida for about three days, mainly to visit my uncle for his seventy sixth birthday. However. One day, Friday, October 19th, will be left open to do whatever. We haven't been to Universal Islands of Adventure since 2001, but have also never experienced the Food and Wine Festival. We were at Disney in May, so MGM, AK, and Magic Kingdom aren't that important. Any insight would help. Uh, plain and simple, if you've got one day and it's a choice between Universal and Food and Wine, you need to do Food and Wine. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love Universal, don't get me wrong, but Universal's there 365 days a year. And food and wine's only only here for a few like, weeks yeah. uh, out of the year, and it is an absolutely magnificent experience. Food and wine, yeah, I, it's, we're all fans of it. This oh, yeah. is a big highlight. I mean, you know, we get hotel rooms. I would not and, miss it. And 
you know, do the do the whole thing. It's it's an amazing it's an amazing thing that you really should should to experience. I personally would have someone tell your uncle you were there and use those two extra days to go have fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I was there at your party. Didn't get you a, see me? Let's get, <laughs> get the cardboard cutout. <laughs> the Regina cardboard cutout. Flat tourist. <laughs> you have flat daddy. Now you have flat tourist. So, Joe, I hope that answers your question. Um, but definitely, definitely, do wine. not miss, do not miss food and wine festival. So, all right, Bob. Pete, I have one from Chuck Myers in Jackson, Mississippi, and he sends his wishes, and he loves the podcast. He's going on a trip in October, and he uh, they have two daughters with appointments for Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. In Cinderella's castle, and he's asking. That took effort. That was good, Bob. That was excellent. I I did good. Bow, bow now. Uh, Is the area for the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique in the castle similar to the one at Downtown Disney? It's like he's having a stroke. (laughs) In installments. The last time they were in uh, World of Disney. They thought that Hannah Montana must have been in the boutique because all the people were crowded around the entrance. Even inside by the chairs, they were packed in with cameras, all the parents and uh, taking pictures. I'm hoping the castle set setup will be more conducive uh, to experience, experience, but I'm afraid it may not. Yeah, actually, I'm going to be, uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a segment on uh, the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, as well as uh, the Pirate and Princess Party, I'm taking my my four year old niece Bridget to uh, get her hair done. We're doing the whole thing: the dress, the shoes, the tiara, the hair, cool, the makeup, and then we're going to do uh, the Pirate and Princess Party that night. So we'll have uh, we'll have some more on that, but in but the I, next couple of weeks, I think I it's think the twenty fourth. I think we're going to to answer his question. I wouldn't expect it to be. No, I, that's what I, yeah. I expect. It's going to be as crowded or yeah, more crowded. Not more. I yeah, mean, the castle always draws not a that crowd. big a space. And yeah, right. much bigger, much bigger uh, crowds. However, there is a there is an artist rendering in the new Mickey Monitor, and it looks like it's palatial. <laughs> they make it look actually gigantic. Yeah, they make it look like that. However, I don't think it's going to. The space it's going into is very tiny, and it's going to be. So popular and so exciting, and you can't blame people. You know, it's a lot of money, so they want to take pictures yeah. of their kids getting made up and having the experience. I'm sure Pete's going to be there with cameras and getting you know, made up light. <laughs> <laughs> if you come back with that fake hair on top of your head, I'm going to be the new divine. <laughs> I just, I just have to add. He signs it, a dad surrounded by shoes, hair, and makeup. I love that. That's cute. And that's um, Chuck in Jackson, Mississippi. Well, Chuck, yeah, I think, uh, like Kevin said, you're going to have some. You're going to be dealing with plenty of people. Yeah, bring lots of money. Yeah, because none of these kids are coming on their own. Nobody's got 150 dollars for the the whole workup. They're there with mom and dad and grandma, and they've all got cameras, and it's going to be crowded. No, you know that's what I'm going to be doing. Right. You know that she. I'm going to have full video of like everything they do to work. So I said, so. you know, like the bank of lights set up, the, so you get the right camera light. crew, <laughs> exactly. Oh, all right. Well, thank you, Bob. Thank you, Chuck. Pete, I have another one. Uh, this is from Colin Carroll in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And Colin asks, my daughter and I are heading to Walt Disney World the first week of December and want to go to Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. Tickets are a little on the pricey side, and I'd like to know your opinion on whether or not it's worth spending the money. Colin, I think we're all going to answer this for you one more time. 
Yes. Yes. (laughs) We have discussed this over and over again, and I think everybody will tell you that any of the hard ticket events are worth the time and effort. Uh, We would recommend that you not spend all day in a park if you want to get the most out of it. Uh, Usually what happens is entrance is about 7 p.m., but a lot of times they let you in starting about 4 o'clock if you'd like to experience a little bit of the park. We would recommend that you find something less strenuous to do during the day, swim, nap, relax kind of thing, and spend your evening in the park. This would save you the money from buying that day's admission. But yes, the Pirate and Princess Party, the Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, the Very Merry Christmas Party, we find that they're all... Everybody has uh, something good to say about all of them. You get to see things that you would not normally get to see during the day. There are special parades and shows and things like that. So, yes, uh, I'm not sure we'll be answering this question again in the near future. So, yes, we think they're all worthwhile. All right. Thank you very much. And who else had another one they needed to read, Bob? I have one. Oh, Corey. Uh, This comes from Chris uh, from Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne, Indiana. Her and her husband are planning a trip for November. Their budget is for a value resort, and she was thinking of uh, staying at the All Star Movies. Uh, but after reading the forums on the Diz, she sees a lot about Pop Century, and she was now she's kind of confused about which one, and she wants to know our feedback on the value resorts. Personally, I think um, All Star Movies is the best out of the the Agreed. three at All Star at the All Star Resort. Yep, I think it's uh, the best of the values in general. Yeah, I think you're seeing a lot of pop, pop century because it's it is the newest and everybody wants to try it out. But I think I'd stick with All Star movies. All Star movies, it's got the a food, great court food court is the best. Yep. Yeah, I mean Pop Century's food court is right up there with the movies food court, and they have some interesting things going on over there. Uh, pop Century also has the that great. Uh, video arcade area that's bigger than anyone else that I know of. It's just the two of them traveling, yeah, so they're not children. coming with kids. Okay, so, so. Yeah. yeah, for the value resorts, two adults, no children, movies. 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 Yeah, I would definitely say movies. Personally. I don't really have an opinion. Okay. <laughs> silence falls around the table. Well, I, yeah, I, you know, it's again goes to personal opinion. I don't think there's any. There's no difference in room size. There's no difference in unless you purchase a, a preferred room versus a non-preferred room. There's no difference in how close you are to anything or anything like that. Except for theming, the pools yeah. are the same. The, okay, then I do have an opinion. I think Pop Century is garish. Yeah, I don't. I, I, don't, I, was, I agree with yeah. you. I agree with you. It's I don't care for pop century. Giant bowling ball pins and things like that. And mm-hmm. the fat hotel and I just the fat building. I just <laughs> it's P H A T. I know <laughs> it's not the other one. Well, like I said, you know, it, it, uh, from I think for for from my perspective, yeah, I think movies. They have a great memorabilia, like in the lobby and stuff. They do. Too. They do. I like looking at it. Look, I mean, in all the value resorts, I mean, in their own way, have their own, have, have have their charm and. I don't think, you know, ultimately you'd be disappointed either way. But, you know, from, from an aesthetic standpoint, I yeah. think. So, all right. Does anybody else have anything? All right. Thank you, Corey. Bob, you have one more? I have one, and it's from Sylvian LaRue. And she's from Quebec, Canada. I'm going to skip the town. The dollar des <laughs> Yeah, that's just too much for me. And they're, I finally booked my family Disney vacation from uh, January 2nd to the 12th. While I'll be at the Caribbean Beach Resort, I have family staying at the Disney Beach Club, and I'm wondering what is the shortest route via the Disney Transportation Service. 
during the day when the parks are open, I recommend going from Caribbean Beach to MGM and then taking the boat over to Beach Club. That's going to get you there quicker than you'd, the other way you'd have to go is to downtown Disney and then transfer to a bus to get to the Beach Club, which will take you a lot longer. And that's like doubling back. That's like going yeah. left to go right. The The other way is I'd take a taxi. I'd just get in. It's only a couple of bucks to go from one to the other to get you there quick. Well, you know, a couple of bucks it means ten because you I don't think yeah, you can get into a taxi on Disney property without well, spending ten bucks. Yeah, about ten bucks or so. But it's it's a short distance. It's only like a couple miles tops. And I'd I'd offer that up too, but Or with two families going you could share a car. Right. But they're saying they're not so but that's the best route. Okay. Well, thank you, Bob. Thanks, everyone who wrote in. And again, you can submit your questions, comments, opinions, podcast at www.info.com. And with that, we will wrap up our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it, and we will be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. 